Hey everyone, it's Brent. So, uh, why is Brent talking before the episode actually starts with the theme song and all that fun stuff? Um, <laughs> so, uh, we started recording this episode, and then I realized I wasn't recording from our mic setup, I was recording from my onboard mic, uh, on my laptop. So, it, I sounded really good, but the other guys, uh, kind of sound like garbage. So, we stopped recording. We had only gotten about 10-15 minutes into the episode. Uh, we stopped recording, reset, and uh, restarted doing the episode again. Um, as part of that, uh, we lost a couple things in um, that we had talked about that I, I wanted to address that uh, didn't get actually end up in the proper episode. So this is kind of an add-on just to cover a couple little bit of housekeeping items that we didn't actually get to talk about in the second <laughs> recording of the episode. Uh, so first things first, um, uh, last week I uh, went and recorded an episode of our uh, our friends uh, at the Overrated Podcast. Um, Joe and Alan had me on uh, to discuss... Uh, my thoughts on Inglorious Bastards. Um, so uh, by the time this episode goes up, I think their episode will be going up at the same time, or roughly thereabouts. Um, it kind of depends on their edit schedule and stuff like that. But sometime within uh, the very near future of this episode is uh, my episode of the Overrated Podcast. You can find them on uh, Facebook under Overrated Podcast as well. They're on. They too are on SoundCloud. Um, and, uh, it's a fun show. Basically, it's, um, they talk about movies that they think are overrated. Um, not necessarily bad movies, just movies that, uh, are, they think aren't as good as everybody thinks they are. Um, some of their guest choices are a little interesting. Uh, a, a guy that I'm friends with, Peter Kelly, went with, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. And while I disagree, uh... <laughs> completely with Peter Kelly's uh, opinion on this matter. I really like Spider-Man 2. Um, he makes a very strong argument, and that's kind of the fun thing about the show. It's very um, it's very film-talky, but it isn't so snobby that or anything like that where you just want to shut it off because they're, they're not... They're guys who really like film... Um, but they aren't necessarily film critics. So it's a fun listen. Um, and uh, listen to my episode and give those guys some love too. Uh, the other thing that I need to mention is um, you might hear there's a little bit of a blank spot at the end of the episode. What that was was uh, my friend Kevin Boyd, who uh, used to run a brick-and-mortar store called the Comic Book Lounge, which has now kind of become like a boutique thing for friends of Kevin's and stuff like that, but he's still got a lot of uh, stock left over from the the brick-and-mortar store and from extra customers and stuff like that. He's got a table at Fan Expo this year. It is table 510. He shares it with all new comics, I believe. Uh, Kevin has uh, put together a hell of a deal for uh, Fan Expo. Now, he kind of changed the deal at one point. Um, we were originally, he and I were originally talking, and he told me the deal, and that's what I talked about in the episode, which I ended up editing out um, because he changed the deal to what I think is a much, much better one. And I just don't want people getting confused on what the deal is when they go over to Kevin's. 
He's now doing a sale that is buy one, get one free on uh, the trades in these boxes. I'm sure they'll be clearly marked. Um, not only is that a good deal, uh, Kevin has gone a little bit of the extra yard. It's going to be buy one, get one free. Like, And that's you buy one trade, you get one of equal or lesser value free at U.S. cover price. So um, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm going to be hitting that table first as soon as I can, if uh, my schedule allows, and um, probably stocking up on a bunch of trades because that's just ridiculous. So um, head over to the Comic Book Lounge's table. Uh, like I said, it's 510. And um, if you want, uh, tell them that you heard uh, us plug them because... Uh, I really like Kev. He's a good dude, and he's a good dude with a really good sale, and I wouldn't be plugging this if neither of those were true. Um, with all that being said, it's time for the episode this week with Snowhawk Cosplay. And, uh, yeah, so here's Kirby Cracko for the regular intro. Set your phasers to sexy! Peacefully. Mummy's out. Your brother, one of the two. Mummy's out slaying dragons with an oar. Yep. <laughs> so guess what? You can sit there. What have you done today? Yeah, well, exactly. Cat. I, I slept and I chased my hedgehog, and uh, that's kind of about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> it's another episode of True North Nerds, take two, because the first time I didn't switch the mics over right. Yay! Yay! Now it's all working. Especially since we came up with the uh, the solution to world peace and global warming. Yeah. It's all lost, because I and don't we, remember any of it now. And we already talked about how you know Gene Hackman is badass, but it's all lost forever. And Thanks, Brent. Thanks for not pressing the button. Yeah, well... That's how things go sometimes. So this is the Fan Expo preview episode. This should be up the Monday before all you little nerdlets get to go to Fan Expo. Um, and before we get to go to Fan Expo, because we're all going to be going one or more of the days here and there. Yes. My tickets showed up in the mail already. I don't have a ticket yet. I'm supposed to be getting in a, a, a staff badge, but I don't know which panels I'm doing yet, so I'm getting a little concerned, but I'm sure I'll sort out. It doesn't matter what panels you get, as long as you so get the you badge. Get, yeah. exactly. You make your own panel. You don't, you don't need to do any research. I, I Chip Zdarsky just sets up outside. Why can't Brent Oh, uh, There's a whole story behind Why can't that. it be the True North Nerds well, con? Well, last year, last year he set up in a hotel room. He had Zdarskon. Yeah. Which was both amusing and, uh, from what I've heard from some of the Fan Expo people, not. <laughs> but that's how it goes sometimes. Anything can happen that weekend. Not I, really. I missed last year's con because of a family commitment in Ottawa, but... I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah. Uh, were you there the year Chip was signing outside of the convention? Yep. And the original idea was to have him dragged by a van on a rolling chair, and he was just going to sign down the line as they pulled him. And 
they had barriers up though, so like too far that like they couldn't get the van over. Oh, he's but, an interesting guy. I talked oh, to yeah. him at he's Four a Berry City. Boy, so you kind of got to mm-hmm. we kind of have to have a little bit of pride in him. Talked to him at Four City Comic Con there a couple of years ago. Every time I see Chip Zdarsky's name, I just think of the sexual gentleman because that's what he called himself. Yep. I, I believe in my copy of Sex Criminals, he compliments my butt in the 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 signature. Nice. Um, it's uh, his uh, it, and to be fair to him too, at I think it was at um, uh, what do you call it? What's the free Comic Con that we went to? Tcaf. Tcaf. They had a big image panel. And a lot of the image creators were like, why Why would you work for Marvel? It's so much easier to work for Image, blah, 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 blah. And Chip was the one like, it's not that bad, guys. <laughs> I, I, I have a fine time working for Marvel. <laughs> of course, he is doing a Spider-Man book. So, yeah. Yeah, well, he's got Spider-Man, did, you know, Howard the Duck. Duck. You know, it's not like he's not working anywhere he wants to work. Yeah. So I guess we should go through introductions, and not that we really need one. Um, as always, Kevin is here. Hello. Or most of the time. Uh, I think I, you've missed one I missed episode. one for some reason. Ryan is here. That's me. And I think Ryan's missed an episode, I missed too. one. Yep. I and was under the weather. And Ed is here. It's no hot cosplay, because Jen is not, and Ed has got a lot to do at Fan Expo, so it works out pretty good. I guess I'm sort of like the fifth member of True North Nerds. Yeah, pretty much. It's like point. the third podcast. So that's like one third of everything you've done. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been on. Well, we like you too. I mean, you know, you have good conversational skills. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to flip a table at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you might be an I asshole. I think he's only here because of the risk. Yeah, well, I'm an asshole. And I'm at least, yeah, as you said, I'm your asshole. So at least you guys are <laughs> used to my brand of asshole. Yeah. There are plenty of worse people out there. I think we can all <laughs> name them too. Um, so we'll we'll do what we usually do. We'll start off with a little bit of news. Uh, that's Ryan's department, unofficially. Unofficially, sure, because I seem to be the only one that does my homework. I looked for news today. I didn't see anything that was that newsworthy. So oh. dazzle me with your brilliance. It's been two I weeks. didn't. I didn't look for weeks. news because I know you look for news. I know. Ryan Ryan collects it over the week though. And I just... I, I no, I don't. I just sit in front of the computer for like half an hour when I get home from work the day of recording. But you don't bullshit. You do it at work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't take my notes there. I might look at some websites, but... So um, what's in the news, right? Well, the big news over the last since our last recording was the Disney-Netflix deal. Or... Reversing and lack of a deal, and then walking back a little bit on the original. We're taking all our stuff and going and playing on our own digital service. Then, well, okay, you we're gonna leave Marvel and and behind, but we're taking Star Wars. Okay, well, we'll leave Star Wars and Marvel, but we're taking all our cartoons and all their other Disney stuff, so we can get somebody's nine ninety nine a month. Well, I think they should take Star Wars. Yeah, but that might be a contractual thing. It might it might really be one of those things that when he spoke, he didn't realize how long some of those deals go for. And it, it could be a region-by-region region thing, too. Yes. Uh, what, what Disney does in the U.S. may not be what Disney can do up here. Yeah, because we don't have a lot of the Disney content that the American Netflix has. Well, and also on the Disney website, uh, since Guardians of the Galaxy dropped, so I redeemed my digital code. And there's stuff that the Disney website does in the U.S. 
they have their own streaming, yeah, which you can't get access to in the Canada. The Disney Movie Club is almost already a streaming service. Yeah, which up in Canada, all of a sudden, it's like, you can't do that. Because yeah. uh, I tried to go and grab my copy of Force Awakens, and it's like, nope, you can't watch in Canada. You have to go to whichever. Netflix. Uh, well, it ends up being Cineplex up here. Oh, okay. I could choose between Cineplex or iTunes, and right. I don't I don't iTunes. So. so does that mean the... Right now, it looks like the Disney service is going to be more or less kid-oriented, right? Like, probably a lot of their animated shows. And I would think. A lot of their teen, no, like, The live stuff action. that's in the vault and... Yeah. You know, all lots things. of Hannah Montana. And, and, but to be fair, I know a lot of parents that will fork out oh, that for $9.99 sure. yeah. a month for... If you could get the old content, especially from, like, the old shorts from the 50s and 60s, like, I'd be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Like the one I'd love to get my hands on was the one that came out in the eighties when they did DTV. Yep, I remember those. I they, vaguely remember. We had they took, those. They that took was, old thirties and forties Disney cartoons and put eighty. Uh, they turned them into eighties. They did. Video. They did. Uh, oh, you know, fifty, sixties, sixty, seventies, and then they did eighties. So I remember uh, an old Donald Duck Private Eyes with Hall and Oates. Yeah. And my uncle used to have copies of those, and that was awesome. That was back in the very early days of Disney Channel. Yeah, in the I States. remember it on yeah. Family Channel here. They would yeah. use them too. Yeah. yeah, and when they did That's Ghostbusters, when they actually did though. Goofy Donald and oh, Mickey yeah. as the Ghostbusters. The, oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. I remember that. So it kind of like topped out in like 1985, 1986 yeah. music, but. And there's a, there's plenty of other stuff too that I can see them throwing on that like Phineas and Ferb and you know like there's a lot oh of there's all content. the Disney afternoon stuff yeah. and, well and then there's all the Disney subsidiaries I mean, you, know, you could throw all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies on there yeah. and any of those other type of those. all the Apple Dumpling Gang films exactly you know we saw those all on that in those DVD sets <laughs> at Walmart you know boom and well if you could even movies. expand it out to the you know like Pretty Woman was a yeah, touchstone. Yeah. yeah, if you could grab all those movies and yeah, throw them they, in there. they seem to be kind of non-committal on what will yeah. actually be on it. Uh, well, and that's the other thing too is they probably don't know <laughs> to a certain extent. Doesn't it line up with? I'm sure I read this with the one guy's retirement. Yeah. So it's kind of like Bob he's Iger. leaving around the same time as all these contracts are up, and the, the service is planning to. So it's almost like he's trying to. Kind of get it started before he leaves, but really should mm-hmm. be leaving it for the next person. Yeah, well, I read that just, too. Is it's like it's an unusual business move. It, yeah, he should uh, be sort of there until. As it's someone done. who follows the Disney company because of my keen interest in their parks, Iger should have retired already. Um, but the Star Wars lands are sort of his baby. Maybe he's not leaving. He's not going to leave the company until until that's ready. Until after Star Wars land opens at Walt Disney World. So when he retires, are they just going to hit him with a lightsaber and he just disappears yeah, into the yeah, floor? Be like, I'll ghost. be more powerful. <coughs> Strike me, force ghost. Yep. Well, I hey. That's when we, we discovered Disney has real lightsabers. Yeah. 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 Well, we all saw how expensive it's going to be. Of course, he wants to stay on so he can do it for free. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he gets. I think like, he'll get a, a gold pass for the rest of his life. Well, I know I I don't know about all the Marvel executives, but I know Joe Quesada. That was one of the benefits of being where he was at Marvel and now where he is is he gets free passes to the Disney parks. Nice. I have lots of friends who get passes to the Disney parks because they work for subsidiaries. Of the Disney, of Disney. A really? friend of mine works as a video editor at the ABC station in Houston and oh wow okay so it goes that far yeah oh I know well, I was unaware I of hope that. to hell that Stan Lee gets into everywhere free I'm pretty mm. sure he does not just the Disney parks I mean everywhere like front of line of Starbucks <laughs> Stan Lee yeah don't you know who I am true believer <laughs> Excelsior 
Get out of the way, old man. <laughs> to talk about it, another streaming service, I read that CBS All Access is coming to Canada, which is yeah. an odd thing to announce because really uh, the, the, the program... I mean, there's one current new show on that service mm. already, the Good Wife spinoff, which I'm not sure which network is broadcasting that up here. Oh, they did a Good Wife spinoff? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I never uh, watched the Good Wife, but I didn't know they did a spinoff. Yeah, there's a spinoff that's only on CBS All Access. It was the first show that went okay. all digital for them. And, of course, the big news about that is Star Trek Discovery is going to be on CBS yeah, All Access. Yeah, well, they've already signed that deal with Space, that's, though. That's so. it. It's going to be on Space and Crave up here, so... Why they? F- it, it's just probably a preemptive strike. I just guess get, just get it up here. So it, like because it's Star Trek is their main. Well, well that and thirty-five that. seasons of Survivor. Yeah, and well, and so we can get more Big Bang Theory, CSI, and Criminal well, Minds because that's not on any all the. Is or Jag on the, the is on is Jag or NCIS? Yeah, I, I don't on know. their digital service because Jag isn't available I know anywhere. Yeah, I would I, totally watch. I know it's not that on show Netflix was, anymore, no. so it well, wouldn't surprise me if it is. So yeah, maybe those. But it's the, it's more to get a foothold, right? Whether yeah. you know it's it's got to come up here eventually. They might as well just do it at the same time. I'm in the Canadian broadcasters aren't going to be happy about that if the American networks can just start a streaming service. Yeah, but you can just hit the switch and the pro. That's the that's the thing though, right? Is they'll hit the switch and the programs that are already licensed out to Canadian broadcasters won't be available. So it, it really makes the streaming service kind of useless to us. But mm-hmm. yeah, but if you want to spend five dollars a month on unlimited episodes of. CSI. Yeah, CSI, uh, the Big Bang Theory. Uh, my uh, boss at a journal Two and a half of, man. Uh, journal of musical things, Alan Cross, was a little bit like, so does that mean I have to get the streaming service for for this? I'm like, no, they've got to deal with space. You're fine, because he's a big Trekkie. Right. So, I'm yeah. just happy that it's on space, because we're the only country in the world that it's actually going to be on television. And yeah. Not well, Netflix service. wouldn't be bad either. Netflix wouldn't if be it was terrible. being loaded up but... on time, but... Well, which is yeah. pretty good for doing like next day uploads on Netflix. Yeah. So Disney streaming service. What else you got? Uh, well, big you know, Canadian news. Uh, everybody's favorite nerd block well, that I used more to than get. Canadian lots. Well, of no, but it's to it, but it's based here. It's in based Canada. in no, it's Canadian. It's the Canadian loot box. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure people everywhere else buy it. Has filed for bankruptcy. They owe a lot of people a, a lot, lot of money. money. So here's some of the big ones. $260,000 to Diamond Distributing. That makes sense. That's the everybody's favorite uh, comic book monopoly. $230,000 to Funko. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pops. $230,000 to uh, uh, Insight Editions, which is a California-based book publisher. Don't know what they publish, but that's a lot of money. Don't they do those, like, visual guides... Is that what's the, what's the name again? Insight Insight Editions. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they do something like that. Yeah, we have the technology. I'll look it up. Uh, Keep going. Titan Comics, which is a UK okay. based publisher, one hundred and four thousand uh, dollars. Thirty two thousand to Marvel. Sixty thousand to NECA. Seventy thousand to Dark Horse. Uh, and I, the biggest one I saw on the list, which is to this uh, a Canadian based PR agency called A Crowded Coop, three hundred and fifty. Thousand yep. dollars plus what, it, what the secured loan that they own TD, to TD right? for one million dollars. Yeah. You know what's interesting when you brought that up? I looked into the story. It, like uh, I think Bleeding Cool has the list of all yeah. the creditors. It's weird running, walking down it. 
And there's a name of a guy. I'm not going to mention who it is, but there's a name of somebody I know is on that list. Oh, really? Yeah, like just like friend of a friend kind of thing. Was like he one of the few employees that was still owed money? Or no, just, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I think I. Because I they know. were on the bottom. At the bottom of the list, there's like a few executives okay, where that how were owed can I bonuses. Because um, I just in case that report uh, ended up being wrong, um, they have an independent comic book. So the, that I know was doing something with Nerd Black. I don't know if they threw in a free issue there or uh, buttons, like because they have a little bit of merchandise. Um, but is it, it like it wouldn't surprise me if that's what it was? Is that that they made a deal with them and that's the money that they're owed that just never got paid? It's not a lot of money, but it's weird looking down that list and going like, "Wait, I know that name." <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting with Nerd Block when they first came out. It was revolutionary. There was a lot of other mm. subscription box services, but Nerdblock they they kind of made a big splash there at Fan Expo a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they, they were the first subscribed one to be a bunch of like got really, a bunch of people sign up. Yeah, like, and then they were since they were Canadian based, they really promoted as you know the shipping to Canada and being yeah. available yeah. in Canada. Where and a lot now, of these other ones, that like everyone else is doing, like Marvel's doing it direct. Oh, everybody's, everybody's got, got one. So, like, is this the bubble? Is this like the dot com bubble that part all of, of me it's... wonders if it was they just went too big because they ended up having a box for everything. Well, yeah, because they had yeah. the nerd block, which was your general all purpose nerdy stuff. There was a gaming based one. There was a there was a horror a one. horror one. There was a comic a one. Fun. I feel like there was a f- another uh, a fifth one, but I can't really think of it. And uh, like the and I think there's models where that thing still works. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees does a wrestling box where um, they have it limited, so like they have 200 of these boxes. It comes with a shirt, comes with autographed pictures, comes with weird merchandise, all that sort of stuff. But there's only 200 of them, right? So like the the money you lose, you would lose on it if. You already know what you're losing on it. Like you only like, oh, okay, so we only got a hundred out of those two hundred boxes sold. We only have to put together a hundred boxes. And they own their own merchandise, so a lot of it. So it's there are ways to do it, I suppose. Well, you were Ryan, you were with NerdBlock for I got a NerdBlock for probably close to a year yeah. before I finally stopped because I was just Well, they start sending you shit. Yeah. I was getting, you know, every other month the t-shirt would be a good t-shirt. Sometimes you get one that was like, what the hell is this? I don't, I'm not going to wear this t-shirt. And then, you know, you get some cool little things in there, some gadgets. and But yeah, a lot of it's, you know, there's a, the, the, the fold together cardboard Avengers play set thing. And it's like mm-hmm. the little fold together. I give all that stuff to your kids to play with. Yeah. I was like, I've here. Always, I've always liked the idea of getting a box like that, but... I want it tailored to stuff that I want, right? Yeah, and I don't know if anybody does that. That, that like, they're not that. Like, specific. I want to. I want to be able to say these are the these are the fandoms I like: DC Comics, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and you know. Yeah, well, don't so, bother sending me anything from Game of Thrones, right? You know, yeah, like, same, same with those. Same with the mystery boxes when you see them at Fan Expo. You know the four dollar or the forty dollar mystery box, hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise. It's, it's amazing how many of those now you find the boxes just laying there on the floor at a con, full of the crap that came in it. Yeah, oh, because really? yeah, like because um, it's just seconds and extra comics. Yeah, the well, when they guarantee do. oh great prize in every box. Yeah, well you open it up and this might be something you're not even interested. Yeah. And eventually, it's not a really good business model because. If you start investing forty to fifty dollars, 
you're not necessarily going to like everything that's in the box. No. Yeah. And, you know, burn me once. Well, screw you. You're not getting my money again. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it'd be a little different if, like Kevin said, if you could eliminate certain things. Even then, like, like if don't you got a crap anything. thing once in a while, yeah. you'd be more forgiving. But it's like if you got like every month, you got like something from the Lego Movie or like something that's not up. Your I don't interest. love The Walking Dead. I don't send me anything from, from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. And guarantee that's probably one of the things that ends up being in there a lot because a lot of people do like Walking yeah. Dead. You know what? I never got a single thing of Walking Dead. Really? <laughs> yeah. In the, in the year that I had, I got, you know, usually you'd get a pop. Every couple of months, at least, you'd get a pop. Yep. Uh, I got some random ones. You know, usually we're okay, because I got, like, I got Gandalf one one time. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's Gandalf. I don't have any other Lord of the Rings merchandise, but it's a pop. And I got, I got a uh, Ninja Turtle one time, so that was a good one. Which turtle was it? Leo. Wow, so it was perfect, I like Leo. Now, has anybody checked their site? Are they still selling boxes, or are they... Uh, I have not checked. I haven't tried to go on the site or look or see. I haven't it. heard whether, like, they can't... Like, if people who still... Like, as I imagine, there's people with subscriptions that, like, aren't still going, right? Well, no, because they just... They ding, they just ding you every month. They just renew it on your credit. Like you don't yeah. sign up for a year. It's charged every I month. Guess it, I so. guess it really depends on how bad the bankruptcy is. Is it like one of those things where the employees walked up and like, hey, why can't I get into the building? Yeah. Or if it's like they're still running just under... Well, when you time. owe the amount of money that they owe... It's, there, there's got to be nobody working there right now. They've, I would yeah. imagine they've slashed employees at this point. Yeah, too bad, but sometimes business models work and sometimes they don't. And yep. sometimes business models work and then you go too far and then they don't. And then, you know, I guess it all comes down to who's the original backing company, right? Like if well, apparently TD Bank is one well, of them. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, Loot Crate, I think, it, I almost feel like they must have be connected to one of those other nerdy, because it's like the stuff yeah. you see there with the Loot Crate stuff tends to, you know, look like you know the the tea stuff. Oh, there might the be orange. non-exclusive deals though. So this is what you get when you go to nerdblock.com right now. A big blank page that says we are currently under scheduled maintenance. We will be back online soon. So they're they closed go. for business at the moment. Alrighty, and what else you got, Ryan? We'll do one or two more. And then, uh, uh, so little, not as much fun as those ones. Little nerdy stuff. Uh, cool new video game announced. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution. It's going to be coming out for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, more, from the looks of it, to me, it reminds me of a Roller Coaster Tycoon type game. Yeah, which I... But like, Jurassic Park. For a mobile game? I'll, I'll give that a shot. But it's not even a mobile game. Oh, is it? Oh, it's yeah. PS4, it's PS4, Xbox One, and PC, so it's like, hmm. you know, I don't know... It, Hopefully it won't be a full price like sixty dollar game. Well, it's only downloadable, so I should hope. Oh, not. is it? Yeah, I, okay, I don't so think I didn't, it's I didn't look that far physically. And then, so that looks fun. You know, anytime you can let dinosaurs run wild, and that that's a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Elon Musk is looking out for our best interest again. You know, uh, he joined a group of other international experts, um, all people that are you know these tech companies that are all working on AI. <laughs> to send an open letter to the UN to ban lethal autonomous weapon systems. So he's trying to avoid T-1000? Yeah, he's trying to stop Judgment Day. You can't avoid Judgment Day. It's always going to happen. Terminator Genesis showed that. Yep, just keeps getting pushed back. Exactly. Can't make it. It's a time paradox, right? It's always going to happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? He's a smart guy. He, it might not be a bad idea. Well, and it's funny, that, you know, 
I think it was just last week, his AI that his companies are working on beat one of those professional gamers at... Dota uh, 2. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. It was the first time an AI had beaten a real person in, in that game. So it's like, you know, one more step closer. Because they can now think tactically. Oh, and here's a good one. It might uh, piss somebody off at this table, but I had to, I had to write this one down. So there's rumors of a new 80s franchise getting rebooted into a movie. Oh, is that, are we talking Knight Rider? We're talking Knight Rider. Oh, I just read that today, yeah. too. And so, okay, well, first we'll start with, who do you think they're looking to get to voice Kit? Oh, Kit? I hadn't heard that part. I know who they want to star in well, the yeah, movie. Well, yeah, we'll hold that thought. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Ed hasn't seen this news story. I just saw a picture of David Hasselhoff saying a darker dark night. Okay, no, that's no. A, he, that came oh. out before this oh, yes. came because out. Because this, so this reboot, so I haven't seen this. So this reboot, they're looking to do it more along the lines of Chips and Baywatch. Oh, Twenty One Jump Street. Oh, because the one I read was about doing it along the lines of Logan. Oh no! I would be up. A, no, I would up. I would be up for making a darker version, making a comedy Night Rider. Okay, so no. the Kit? voice of Kit, well, this is who the, the speculation that they want to get is Kevin Hart. Oh, is that who he's supposed to play in it? Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I just, I the one that I saw was like Kevin Hart and who would you have replaced the Hoff, Ed? There's no replacing There Kyle. is no replacing Kyle. Kyle. If, if you you're casting an actor, the comedy Knight Rider. Pratt. Nope. A comedy Knight Rider? Nope. Dax, what's his name? Dax Shepard. No, no. He, he had his chance he did and ruined chips. it. First off, I can't even think of anyone because no way I would ever want to redo Knight Rider as a comedy. Okay, well, I'll, okay, if you're going to give up. because I'll, I I'll give up. My, here's my hit. Now, you're still going to get swung at. Well, you can't see me, so how are you going to hit me? What? Yeah, the John one, the Cena. only. Do we already have this conversation about him being in be the car? <laughs> he's he's taking Hollywood. So by not storm. only is he going to be in Bumblebee, he's going to be the rumors that they want to. So it's going to be Kevin Hart and John Cena. This is the stupidest <laughs> goddamn idea I've ever heard. Oh, uh, thank God for Levelator because uh, I'm going to need it after that. You're going to need it because how the hell, John Cena and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Why not just piss on it now and we just like can we get Val Kilmer back? Because that one that they did, the reboot of the TV show, at least Val Kilmer was a good choice for yeah, Kit. No, they, yeah. Uh, that, can we get Team Knight Rider was that back? Knight Rider two thousand? <laughs> is that what it is? No, Knight Rider oh. two thousand was the movie where Kit became a fifty seven Chevy. Oh, what was the one with the post apocalyptic Knight Rider? The post apocalyptic. Yeah, no, he's right because it, it ended up being. It's not just Kit. There was a motorcycle. There's motor like five cars. No, that was Team Knight Rider. That's team yeah. Knight Rider. No, Team Knight Rider was good because they had the truck, they had the two motorcycles, they had the Viper, and all that kind of stuff. Because more is always better. I got the reaction I was hoping to get with that news story, so I'm happy. You know what? Like here, and I didn't get punched in the face. Pitch. Why don't we take Kevin Hart and John Cena and put them in a car in a remake of Cannonball Run instead? 
Not okay. not replacing Burt Reynolds. No, but have them as Dean Martin and Sammy Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. There yeah. you go. They're like, just another team. That works. Something yeah. along those lines. Because that's it. We need more Cannonball Run and less comedies. A friggin' Night Rider. Yeah. No, like Cena's got some good comedic chops too. Like his, uh, he was the only good part in Sisters. He, um, what was that other movie? Um, the one with Monday Night Raw. No, um, <laughs> the what's it? The one with Amy Schumer, Trainwreck. Oh yeah, that he one. Was yeah. That. He, was, he was funny like, in that. He's got good. Timing. He was pretty funny in that. And you you put him with Kevin Hart, who like and Kevin Hart's funny too when he's not in a shitty movie. But not I can't see writer. Kit being see Kevin. But that's just something. No. That's just like no, it needs Kit. Needs you're going to spend all this money. And... You're going to spend all this money making artificial intelligence, and you're going to go come up with Kevin Hart. Yeah. You know what? If you're even going to do that, go whole hog. Get Samuel Jackson. What are you doing, motherfucker? <laughs> I said turn right. Okay. How about this? <laughs> if you're going to make it a stupid comedy, fine. Have Kevin Hart driving the car and John Cena as the voice of the car. You know what? That would that, that would probably work works better. better. I <laughs> yeah. agree with that. Because then you get John Cena being straight la- straight laced and you get Kevin Hart being the goofball. Yeah. Either the, way. And then you can't see John Cena. <laughs> Either way, I'm not going to go see this. The windshield movie. wiper goes back and yeah, forth. You can't <laughs> see me. You can't see oh, me. Lord. I would rather they remade Manimal or Auto Man. <laughs> That, there's some quality 80s programming that you could haven't be. gotten that far yet though right uh, i don't think they're actually on my list oh you, you you were slightly selective if you want to pull out some 80s canadian television how about adderley adderley i remember that show. what was that show actually about it was about, about a, it was about a it was about a secret agent who okay. got retired Yes. And he ended up working for a low-level Canadian secret organization where there was only basically two people in the office. And he's supposed to be a retired agent, but then every week always they was drag like... him back in. Yeah, but his hand was crushed by a mace. So he had his hand broken. So he couldn't use his one hand. So he was like a top-level Canadian secret agent. And then he's working in I a I just basement. remember I caught like the start of that show a lot because it was on... Um, I think it repeated on Global on Sunday nights for a while. And it was like just starting when we would be packing up to go home from the cottage because we got Global and we got CKBR and that was it. <laughs> so I would catch like the first like 20 minutes of it. So I don't actually know how any of those episodes end. I don't really know what the show's about. I just know what that guy looks like. Yep. And, and Winston Record was badass and then he got into Neon Rider, but... All righty. So, so we've that, now just like eliminated a whole demographic of listeners. Yeah, I turned anybody off. Anybody from the United States, for instance. Or anybody under the age of 25. Yes. So let's move on to Fan Expo. Okay. So um, just for the record, um, I'm not sure when I'm going to be there yet. I'm go- I'm definitely going to be there the Friday. I don't know about the rest of the weekend. When were you going, Kevin? Uh, I'm planning to go Saturday. Saturday. Ryan, you're there Friday, Friday and, and Sunday. Sunday. Yep. And um, you're going all weekend, right? I'm all weekend in cosplay. And uh, we'll, at the end, we'll reveal the, the cosplays that you have already revealed. Sure. And we'll go through that. But... Um, uh, I don't want to sound like a fan expo shill. I've gotten that accusation before for other writing. Um, I've always said with fan expo, it's um, people really need to take into account the fact that it's part 
convention park commerce. Like they oh, try to business. help fans. It's a but it's a business. At the end of the day, they do have to bring in people who will bring in the crowds. Yeah. Um, me personally. Um, from the comic book side, at least, it's a really good year this year. It's yeah. really solid. And celebrity-wise, it doesn't look too bad either. That's not really my thing. But like to me, it's like it, we've got a couple names that we see every once in a while. But it's a lot of newer names that we have never seen at the con. Well, there's some interesting celebrities that they brought in, especially the cast for Rocky Horror. Yeah. Um, especially Meatloaf. Yeah, and well, it's interesting because Meatloaf was just in Toronto there a couple months ago for Bad Out of Hell, the musical. Yeah, yep. you see, maybe he's still around. Like, it, what's his stake in that musical? Do you know, Kevin? I don't. Like, you're the musical theater guy. I don't. Uh, I, I was curious if, like, maybe he's a, like listed as a producer. Probably, or I'm like sure that. he is. See, for me, like, I'm not a huge Rocky Horror fan. Me neither. But like. Bad Out of Hell is like one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Yeah. And they have Tim Curry there. And you know, to, beyond Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tim Curry is a fucking man. Well, when they when they say you know what kind of movie or what kind of movie fan you are by what you identify with Tim Curry, for me it's Clue. Okay, it's Clue. What about you, Ryan? I'm just curious now. Was it the favorite Tim Curry movie? Movie with Tim Curry in it? I couldn't tell you. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I don't remember people's names, remember? Mm-hmm. I would have to say have to it's a toss-up between Rocky Horror and Clue. I Yeah, I love Clue. Me, it's, weirdly, me, it's Clue or Legend. Legend. Because he is fantastic in Legend, but see, you, you barely remember he's in See, it. now, if, for me, I would be ponying up the cash if they had a reunion of the cast of Clue. So if they had Martin Mall and Michael McKean... Um, Michael McKean. Yeah, Michael McKean, uh, Howard Hessman. Um, Howard Hessman's only in, at the very end, right? Yeah, but but yeah, he's still in the he, movie. You probably get him. And all the women in that movie are gone Dead. now. Yeah, they? for the most part. But Christopher Except Lloyd. For, uh, is Christopher it, Lloyd. Leslie yeah. Ann Warren, right? No, Leslie Ann Warren's Dead. No, she's not. Dead. I think she's the only one who's not dead, isn't she? Uh, it was Eileen let Brennan? <laughs> Let's here we go tangent. It was dude, Eileen dude, Brennan dude. and Madeline Kahn and Leslie Ann Warren were the three. Oh, women, okay. Right? So yeah, no, Leslie Ann Warren. Sorry, I was thinking Madeline Kahn. She's yeah, she's dead. Dead. Madeline Kahn's definitely passed away. Different endings, guys. Colleen Camp was in that movie too. She, she played Yvette the maid. the maid. Oh, like a little bit of casting notice. Carrie Fisher was originally supposed to be Miss Scarlet, but had to drop out due to uh, going into rehab. Hmm. Uh, I like the T-shirt for this year's Fan Expo with the robot on it. Yeah, it's a cool new logo that they've come up with. Hmm. Or at least you know, the art, they always have a different artwork on their T-shirt. Every year. Some yeah. years it's better than others. I have one from a few years ago when it was just like the city skyline. Yeah, I have that one. Yeah. I've got that one. I might buy this one. I also like the big oh. bag. I like the well, Canadian. See, I get the, I buy the uh, the the four four day wristband, so it comes with the free T-shirt. Oh, oh nice. nice. So I do the twenty uh, the hundred and twenty five dollar wristband. Yeah, and you get the free T-shirt. Oh, it's okay. the best so, deal. Singing Telegram Girl is still alive too. Um, I didn't realize that's who it was. Do you know who the Singing Telegram Girl is? Jane White, Jane. Oh, Wyden Jane, yeah, from the Bangle or not the Bangles, the Go Go's. Uh, no, yeah, okay, yeah. yes, it was her. Sorry, um, Leslie Ann Warren still alive. Yay. She's still alive. Still so alive. we lose the Deadpool on that. Um, Colleen Camp, who was Yvette, also appears to be alive. 
Well, she was alive. She was in. She yeah, was. She in, was just in a movie last year. She. So. Uh, yeah, she was also in Smoking the Bandit Three. So, yeah, so, it would be fun to have a Clue reunion. I, uh, Clue but is one of those. I don't movies think we I, would ever get it. No. but that's uh, uh, it. Would be kind of awesome. It's one of those movies I absolutely love. But back the, to the fan expo the, guest. The, the guest that surprised me most on the list was Kathleen Turner. That one I'm excited for because I love Kathleen Turner yeah. in the 80s. Oh, Romancing the Stone is one of my all-time favorite Most, movies. Romancing Stone, um, Jewel and Isle, V.I. Warshawski. Yeah, I love, love V.I. Warshawski. Yeah. Like V.I. Warshawski should have became a franchise. Yeah. Well, it's based on a series of books, yeah. so the material is But there. the first one just didn't really didn't catch. well enough to do it. Um, you know what movie of hers I really like that uh, I think you're the only one who likes it? Is I think it was called Baby Blues with uh, Oh Dennis, Alec Baldwin? No, Dennis Quaid. I thought it was Alec Baldwin. Oh, Dennis Quaid. I vaguely remember. They're that. spies on a family vacation with their right. baby, and um, is it John Turturro is Morty? Muerte. Muerte, Muerte. It means death. <laughs> they just keep calling him Morty the entire movie. It was not critically well received, but I just I. That's actually that one movie. I didn't actually get to catch. I didn't catch yet. But uh, what was no, the other I one? Thought, I thought you were the one person uh, who knew what I was talking about. Body Heat's another great Kathleen Turner movie. I've never seen it. There's a man with two brains. She was in that one with Steve Martin. So beyond Kathleen Turner, with like it's also like Bruce Campbell, who's we've had mm-hmm. a couple times in in town. My buddy Alex James has a interesting story about hearing the the fan expo people chase down bruce campbell's lunch nice <laughs> well you've got the book open here so it's yeah. like norman reedus nathan fillion yeah, and which we, but, we get a fair amount you know the ones that jump out at me like tom wilson from yeah. from yeah, back yeah. to the future he's not uh he canceled today oh he's not so he made like a tree and, and, and got out of here yes he did um, wah, wah. yeah it's him uh karen gillian uh, Leanne, Leanne uh, Hetty from Lena uh, Hetty, Lena Hetty. Yeah, she's gone. Uh, oh, she, Matthew she, Lewis again. That's not the first time she's canceled. On same, well, same with Karen Gillan. It's like I was saying is like, why do they keep trying to book Karen Gillan for August? It appears to be a really hard time well, yeah, for her the, to get to the show. Because two years ago she had to cancel. Last year she was there, but only for like a day or two, wasn't it? Well, like yeah, a, she came in late, late on the is Friday. Famke or... Jansen still coming? Yep, yep, she is still listed. See, I might. I, I, I'm trying not to do the celebrity thing this year, but Famke Jansen is interesting. Mm. Yeah. Just got I, I assume it's for X-Men fans, right? And that well, that would be the major pull for... Probably the biggest one. Or Taken. Or what? Or Taken. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I remember her from Star Trek The Next Generation. She was the perfect mate. Remember the episode where there was a, there was a, a woman in a box and she would become any man's perfect... Perfect companion, no, and she ended up in, in? Oh, season four. Or so. Let also, me guess, gets it on with Riker. Picard. Oh, really? Well, yeah. You've also got. She's also a Bond girl. Yep. She was Zinya, Zinya on a top. Well, and she um, was in that Netflix uh, werewolf or whatever show, that horror show. Um, oh, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I didn't end up making it to the end of the season. Uh, Jason Isaacs is also going to be there mm-hmm. of Harry Potter fame and now of the new Star Trek show, Discovery. Yep. Stephen uh, Amell. Stephen Arrow. Amell. I'm upset that they've got they've got his panel, um, Jason Isaacs, and Sonequa Martin-Green, who's the lead on the new Star Trek. Their panels overlap. 
that might keep in mind this is all a draft it's schedule day and that might change but as it stands right now their panels overlap yeah. so I can't see both of them see it's funny when you get it going through the book here and you got Kathleen Turner so they don't have her with the general guest they have her with the voiceover guest as being the voice of Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit to me it's like no it's Kathleen freaking Turner yeah um Barry Bostwick is also going to be there um now he gets thrown in with the celebrities. I throw him in with the the artist because he's an artist. But um, Drew Struzan's going to be there, who is the guy who oh, painted yes. the posters to our movie Childhood. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a, I, I, just I still have to check myself. out your book. Oh, I, I, I've been here a bunch of times since yeah. you got it, and I haven't looked at it yet. Um, uh, our our friend Stephanie, uh, because I didn't know he was coming to Fan Expo. And when I asked around, it didn't sound like it was likely, but he kind of signed on last minute. Um, my, our friend Steph uh, kindly got me, picked up a book and got it signed for me because he did posters for Raiders, for Star Wars, mm. for Crocodile Dundee, for, although they didn't use that one, uh, <coughs> Coming to America, uh, Goonies, you know, like just movies that, Back to the Future, that just like were essential parts of my childhood. Yeah. That, like, the funny part is, as I was talking to my buddy Gavin and his, like, toy room when we were kids, like, the area where they kept all his toys and stuff, yep. they had up movie posters that they would get free from the video store, and, like, at least two of them are just and posters. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's... It, back when movie posters were awesome. Oh, and not the painted... Photoshop the of the painted... Bland. Yeah. I know I'm sounding like, get off my lawn, kids, but it's... The posters were used to be a cool thing, and uh, lately, like every once in a while, you get one that is is still pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the poster for Baby Driver, for instance, is drawn. It's not a photoshopped conglomerate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's uh, for. Uh, is there any celebrity in particular that anybody thinks is a good get or uh, is interested in seeing or a panel of theirs? Oh, I don't know. I don't spend the money on the celebrity autographs or Me the, or the photo ops. Very rarely. I was tempted last year for the photo for with Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill, but he wasn't there on the Friday when I was. So there would well, last year I did I did uh, Stanley and I did Haley Atwell last year. Yeah, because I figured well, Stanley it could be the last mm. time ever. Haley Atwell, uh, I thought, what the heck? Why not? You know, she's there. But other than that, nobody's really jumped out at me. Um, Kathleen Turner is an interesting Kathleen one. Turner yeah. is it, well now that they're saying that Kristen Crack is coming from Smallville yep. but she's going to be at a booth not she's really as a celebrity she's got some new graphic get, novel she's written well she's doing oh, the voice she's, she's doing the voice of an action live action or sorry a um, animated graphic novel and she's the voice of it oh so that's even. what they've announced she's going to be at the at a booth so she's doing um meet and greet and signings at a booth for oh, like an cool. hour. That mean, if it's something like that, that means the price is probably going to be fairly reasonable or maybe even free. But then it's also going to be... I'm not saying that verbatim. Don't anybody take my word. Yeah, but it's also nothing. going to be one, if it's only an hour and you're at a at a sponsor's booth, yeah. it's going to be nuts. Yeah. So, Especially since we haven't seen her in quite a while do anything like this. Really, besides right? Beauty and the Beast. With no, but, showing up on but, but yeah, as far as a con of it. Yeah. See, and she could be someone who is actually a special guest and could probably draw for four days. Yeah. So being there for an hour, you might not even get well, the that, opportunity to that see that sounds her. to me like that was a last-minute thing. Mm-hmm. The offer came up, and they went, sure. Yeah. yeah. 
So on the comic book side, uh, wow. The, <laughs> the list is amazing. Like, there's yeah, so many artists this year. Like you have the big, huge guns like Jim Lee and Scott Snyder and uh, Steve McNiven. And then, but, um, and like, I don't mind saying this, Kevin has done a good job of getting in a, a couple like gems that we don't see very often, or at least for like comic nerds like me, like John Bolton's going to be mm-hmm. there. Uh, the guy who did uh, Books of Magic and did a lot of Batman covers at one time and like great painter just doesn't do conventions a lot. And what about Eric Larson? Is he Eric guy? Larson? Savage Dragon still going strong. He's it's not the, a guy you see at conventions very often, is he? Not up here, no. Well, uh, and not up here. Humberto, I'm, I'm gonna butcher his Humberto name. Ramos? Humberto Ramos. Ramos. I'm looking for that's probably the only one I'm. Artists, I'm going to bring stuff with me to try to get signed. Now, how tight and packed is this uh, comics area going to be? Like the perf- the, the celebrity artist, tight. <laughs> yeah, like the celebrity artist area. Like it's already tight to begin with. Mm-hmm. Plus all the the secondary people too, right? Well, what what do they refer to them as? As a uh, so you have the 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 guests of honor, and then you have. Whatever the next tier is. Well, yeah, the featured yeah. guests, celebrity guests, and also appearing. Like, remember a couple of years ago when Marvel had their booth, and you know, like you'd have Dan Slott, and Dan Slott really didn't have a table. Yeah, but he'd make an appearance at the Marvel booth. Mm-hmm. Writers tend to kind are, of float around. Like, it's like, are we at that kind of pat? Keep going. Like, are we at that that port point where you know Marvel and DC kind of have to come back on board? To kind of alleviate the space for fan expo. Well, some of those big name artists and stuff will have assigned signing times in those where you got to stand in queue and, you know, they show up and they sit at the table for two hours and you go through the line. Like, that's when, two years ago, when I got my books signed by Dan Slott, he didn't have a table. He just had an assigned signing time. Yeah. Most of the writers do because I, I think in other, like, the artists are really the big draw unless you're somebody like Bendis. Right, like, like, uh, whenever Azarello's at Fan Expo, he never has a table. He just floats around, and and but has like signing times, like you say, right? So it's, I think, I think it's to maximize space, and those guys don't want to sit there doing nothing all. Well, and that's the thing too. It comes down to do they have something to sell? Yeah. So, uh, um, for me, the uh, the the one I'm looking forward to, or the the ones that I'm looking forward to, Jay Lee, because it's been a while since Jay's been here. Not Jim Lee, Jay Lee. Jay Lee. Um, also, because I'm like, I'm a completist when it comes to getting books signed by teams, and I have the first two Dark Tower hardcover comics signed by Peter David, who was the writer on them. So now I can get the artist to kind of finish that off a little bit. Was that Jay Lee? Yep. No, oh, nice. So there's him. Um, the weird one I saw was Lights is going to be there. The you know the the, the singer the singer who has a graphic novel coming out from Dynamite. Apparently. Yeah, they just oh, promoted she? that on the on the Facebook or in an yeah. email just today. So she she apparently wrote it. So and drew it. Yep. Yeah. And then like there's a lot of good guys too, like uh, Jay Fosgett, who uh, you know bit of shameless self promotion is a. Uh, uh, agreed to do an interview with us or me or whoever happens to be there um, with the show. So and I just have to figure out a time to sit down with them for a couple minutes. Uh, but he will be on a future episode of True North Nerds. 
Um, and uh, Kevin McGuire is also going to be there. I just keep going through the list and like, wow, it's a it's a huge, huge list. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, who yeah. are sort of steering what's going on at DC right now with their big um, uh, metal crossover. Yeah, I don't really know what that's about. It's the yeah. return of Hawkman again. I love Hawkman, but like the metal is the nth metal. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like like you know like. Hardcore, like no, they're all gonna have guitars. Why they haven't done that for variant covers to that series, though? Yeah, like that's a natural fit, right? Metal's dead. (laughs) As now, I'm gonna have a bunch of metal fans chasing me. So, um, what about uh, panels? There's uh, a lot. Anybody see anything in particular? I've got a couple that I. uh, Yeah, me too. Uh, okay. I love panels. Panels are my favorite things about conventions. Yeah, uh, I used to do panels, not anymore. I just well, I uh, pre fan expo. I used to go to Toronto Trek, and for me, the Toronto Trek conventions were all about panels. Um, I just like the interaction with with fans. So, um, uh, but the, this this year, I'm we were just sort of talking about it. I'm really interested in going to the voice actor script reading uh, this year. They're doing Princess Bride. That could be good. I think it could be very fun. Um, and there's just a couple panels on things like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, and like if they get Maurice Marsh as Brain doing Wallace Shawn's part in Princess Bride. Inconceivable. That would be great. <laughs> so uh, That or maybe the Six-Fingered Man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so um, <laughs> those are the kind of panels I like. I... I uh, you were talking about the the Catherine Tate one kind of appeals to you too, right? Yeah, I, I want to see... Oh, one of the guests uh, whose Q&A I kind of want to go to is Tom Cavanaugh, uh, who's on Flash. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was Ed. Ed. Ed was one of my favorite shows. I loved that show. And he's also got one of my favorite podcasts... Mike and Tom eat snacks. Have you ever listened to Mike and Tom eat snacks? Is he okay? I've seen. He's the Tom of Mike and Tom eat snacks. I have seen the podcast, like it listed and stuff. I've never realized that's who it was. Yeah, it's Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh. Okay, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they upload that one up. They choose a snack and rate a snack, and it's very funny. And it's not normally. It's that's just what the podcast is about. But what they are is about is. is uh, respect for women. Uh, that's a whole running joke on their podcast. Oh, so okay. uh, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a great show. They haven't done an episode, released an episode in a while. They have to get together. And... I I still quote Tom Cavanaugh from his early TV commercials. Which commercials were those? I can was it was it for TD Bank? No, Labatt Blue. Labatt Blue or Blue Light. Right. If I wanted water, I'd, I'd ask, ask for, for water. water. Oh jeez. Yeah, I'm sure that'll come up in a Toronto at a Toronto convention. Yeah. So, because he's a Kingston boy, I think. He's yeah, he's Kingston. and he's definitely Canadian. That yeah. much I know. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's great on Flash. Yes. He like his versatility and how they've changed his. character. That he's played the same character three different, different ways. ways is really well. Fun. Plus the extras that like, which I imagine were just him going when they went through. They were trying to recruit. The, the characters Wells from other other from others. Earths. It was him in a in a costume closet, mm-hmm. just like in this one. I'm coming out in a Viking hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I also like panels uh, where, even though I'm I'm not buying a lot of comics these days, I like the I like the panels where the publishers talk about what's happening in their lines and what's coming up. Uh, I'm sure there's got to be oh the DC's got a got a panel about metal, uh, their their new crossover. So yep. 
Uh, I'm sure Scott Snyder will be on that panel. Is this the year we find out that Batman's Canadian? <laughs> Which comic book character will be hyped as being the new Canadian, Canadian character? Oh, right. Yeah, it was Booster Gold a couple of years ago. Booster yeah. Gold, and then relaunch of Alpha Flight was one year. And yeah. The relaunch of uh, uh, Justice League oh, International, Justice League, Justice League Canada. So we'll find out the Superman was actually based in Canada. Right. Yeah. He um, got fired from a rocket in Manitoba. <laughs> He's from Krypton, Saskatchewan, eh? So instead of red sun, it's red and white sun. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, those are the kinds of panels I like. Um, I like panels are a good chance to get off your feet for a while because yeah. you spend your whole day on your feet wandering around the con. If you get there soon enough, you can also get the free water. Exactly. Exactly. Toronto so, water. Uh, the other um, Q and A I want to go to. I want to see what Sonequa Martin Green has to say about if she, what she's going to be allowed to say about Star okay. Trek. Yep. Um, and Jason Isaacs, too, for the same reason. Um, so those are the ones that I'm interested in on Saturday. I I don't think Catherine Tate is actually on Saturday on the tentative schedule we've got now. Um, yeah, yeah the, around, we, so. we should stress it's a tentative schedule we have. Things may change. Did any of you ever watch Student Bodies? That was a YTV I show. remember it. I don't think I ever watched it. I think it. I remember seeing... I never consistently watched it. I know I watched it at some point. They're doing but they're a doing a reunion. reunion I, just right? remember, I saw that in there. As, as someone who does improv, too, there are these improv-themed improv shows every night as well. And on multiples s- during the day. Yeah, well, the only one on Saturday is a Harry Potter-themed improv, so I'll probably check that out as well. That's on Saturday evening. Um, so, yeah, uh, lots of... There's a play called Emily Strikes Back, which I think they performed the last time I was there, too. It might be... It sounds like the same play. It was okay. Uh, some guys got together and wrote this show about um, fandom. Um, so I think there will be lots to do. I, I like, like I say, I like panels because they get me off my feet. And, yeah. Well, uh, looking at the list, there's something for everything. Like I'm seeing cosplay stuff. I'm seeing sci-fi stuff. You know, large, large hall panels. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ryan? Anything in particular strike your fancy? Well, the one that I would love to go to, but I'm not there that day, is the Star Wars, Wars, Star Wars Rebels. Rebels premiere. Yeah, I, I where they're was... premiering uh, an episode or at least Dave footage. Filoni's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. The part whole of me cast... wants to try and stalk him and see if I can get him even for a quick second. And isn't the whole, a lot of the cast of well, Rebels? They haven't announced. They haven't, who, they haven't announced who. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah there's a cast screening, somebody. and then after, or there's a screening, then right afterwards is a cast Q and A. Yeah, I'd like to do that too, but right now, as the schedule stands, it's at the same time as the Princess Bride script reading. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with all these, right? There, you always get a little bit of overlap. Yeah. So, anything else, Ryan? Uh, for me, yeah. Uh, the, there's a Bruce Campbell panel on Sunday, and since I'm going to be there, I might try and go down and see what he's uh, got to say because I'm sure that'll be a, you know good for a laugh. He usually has a couple good stories to tell yeah. these things, but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple of the sketch duels because those I, can be interesting. I was going to say the same too because I. I'm I can't draw shit. <laughs> so watching these guys who draw comics just always astound me because writing I because I'm a writer in my day job, I, I understand the mechanics of it, right? Like every writer's different, but for the most part, it's sitting down, typing out words, hoping it works out well at the end of it. For um for artists, like they all have different methods and different tools and 
different like ideas on how to start things and stuff like that. So like, uh, whenever I get a sketch from an artist, I, I just become slightly mesmerized as they're going through. Um, part of that, along with that, um, there's an Adam Hughes uh, live drawing panel. Yeah, I with, see that. With Adam Hughes going through and discussing his methods and stuff, which would be really cool. Uh, yeah, sketch tools are, and they're fun to host for me now, especially if I get somebody like Ty Templeton. Last year, I, I got Ty Templeton, and Ty has done like a bit of improv and stand up and stuff. So, and he's got a lot of really good stories. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> so, if you can get an artist that can draw and talk at the same time, can either tell some stories of experiences or, you know, can tell a good joke or something yeah. that helps. If it's just two guys kind of like drawing and the crowd's asking questions and they're kind of answering it, that can be a little dry. There's a, but, a particular artist who worked on a book that I, I really liked that, um, that I'm not going to out him. Not that he listens to any of the stuff either. Cause he, he does comics for the money. He doesn't he never had any association with comics, but like I've seen him do like two or three sketch tools and his work's always good, but he's like just so dry. Because mm. people ask him questions about like what's your favorite character and stuff? And he's like, Corners. I don't like comics. Uh, I like wood carvings. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> that was one of his answers. <laughs> it's like it, like at least lie a little bit, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the only time he got animated was I guess he's a UFC fan. And somebody asked him about a fight that was going to be that Saturday, and then he was interested. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, um, Ed, was there anything that popped out at you? Not as uh, far as panels. Like I've, I've a lot of, of the time you're you're doing cosplay stuff at, during panel time. Well, though, yeah, so. like back back in the days when I used to write for Comic Book Daily and all that kind of stuff, I used to, you know, search out the panels and try to cover something. Um. You know, a couple of years back, I actually had the opportunity to host a panel. I actually got to do the Captain Canuck panel, mm. and that was kind of interesting because I was at the launch of the of the animated animated short. Yeah. And yeah, ever since then, I haven't really done the panels, so I'm usually too busy with the cosplay thing. Um, I lo- you know, like some of the uh, the groups there, like Sean Ward Show and some of the celebrity cosplayers. I like hanging up around that area because you see a lot of cosplayers as well. Um, some of those, some of the cosplay guests are amazing, like uh, Lana Vamp. She's spectacular. Met her the last two years, and she's she's been great. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, usually have, you know, time you have photo shoots booked. Even that, I try to stop doing photo shoots at Fan Expo just because logistically it's it's a nightmare you end up seeing all the photographers you work with but trying to get out of the building trying to find somewhere to shoot trying to find somewhere where you shoot unobstructed. A, a crowd of people behind you yeah. yeah speaking of which uh, can i do a public service message is like i love cosplayers i think it's great that there's a lot of amateur photographers getting in on it and getting practice shooting you guys and stuff like that stop getting my fucking way like outdoors, great. If you're going to be in the hallway uh, on a Saturday, I'm gonna run your ass over because yeah. you, you know it's you're just in the way. Well, know when you can take your spots and when you can't. Be like realistic and smart about it. Well, that's the other thing too. Uh, what people need to realize is, especially on Saturday, it's really busy. Yeah. So even if you're walking along and someone stops you, 
try to get your shots in quick. Try to group together. Um, or at least yeah. move off to the side. Yeah, the other don't thing stop too. in the middle of the aisleway, please. Okay, th- this might be another little rant on me, <laughs> but if you see a cosplayer eating, leave them the hell alone. Or if you see someone, like it's happened to me in parking garages, because basically we're like superheroes, right? We get ready in parking garages and that kind of stuff. I've been half, <laughs> half dressed, half geared up, and someone says, can I get a picture with you? It's like, dude, I haven't even got my stuff on yet. Just like... Give me a second. He just likes half naked dead. I guess so. You're you're in a pinup calendar somewhere in Ecuador. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like I get a bunch of people knocking down to my door to get pictures with me. But you know, at least give me a second to actually look. I, I look think the that part. goes for everything. Like guests, you know, if they're not at their table to have a little bit of respect for them. You mean you're not supposed to ask them to sign your your books or whatever when they're standing at the urinal? I got a bathroom story that's awesome, though. <laughs> that's not mine. A friend of mine um, was going to, to go into the washroom, and out came... Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he played Neelix on... Uh, Ethan Voy- Phillips. Ethan Phillips. So Ethan Phillips had been in the washroom. It's coming out, and just like... Day, my buddy's a big dude, so he kind of blocks the doorway a little bit and just sees the guy, like, looks at him, and Dave also has this weird tendency to, he doesn't remember, like, when he runs into you, doesn't remember the role you're famous for. He remembers you from something else. So in this case, he's like, hey, you were in glory, which he was. And according to Dave, you watched him do the mental Rolodex of, like, da-da-da. Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> like, because you know, how many bit parts has that guy done? Yeah. He was the doctor in glory. I don't think he says, like, has any lines in it, but Dave remembered him from that. And it's just one of my favorite little stories from somebody else. So, yeah, basically, but, when it comes down to cosplayers, just give them some space at times. Like I think it goes yeah. for pretty much everything. Have respect for your human fellow human beings yeah. at these conventions. Wear deodorant. Yes. <laughs> well, do we want to get into what our, our tips for visiting fan expo? Well, let, well, let me throw out, that out a yet? couple of my panels and then okay. um, I don't know what I'm hosting yet. These are things that I'm going to try and get to if I'm not hosting a panel at the same time. So we have the big DC panels, schedules, um, Ty Templeton is hosting like panels. I think it's called Three on the Couch with various writers. Oh, I saw that listed. Yeah. That is probably Ty Templeton. That is worth going to, I think, if you, you don't have anything else going on. Yeah, there's on. one with Ken Lashley on Saturday. Oh, that, there's a good news story about him right now that nobody's covering. He was, uh, he did, uh, a, a P, Ken Lashley, they spotlighted him in some. Uh, magazine article because mm-hmm. his company does a lot of toy artwork too. Okay, uh, like uh, the backing of I don't know if they still do, but a lot of Transformers toys he did the packaging artwork for in his his studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have the he like he's one of the main articles in this magazine, and they have a cover and it's like a sketch, like a, a, an artist drawing a piece, and it's Ken's sketch, like or the page he was working on, whatever he was doing for the demo for the magazine. But I guess they had just taken that and they photoshopped the hand sketching it. Um, Ken Lashley is, uh, I think it's fair to say, big black dude. And 
hand sketching it whiter than mine. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. No, like I've seen it mentioned by one person. And I'm like, ouch, somebody's going to get reamed out for that one. But um, um, Ed McGinnis is going to be doing one of the sketch tools, apparently, too. Ooh. And so that could be pretty cool. Um, I like his uh, style. Once again, uh, this one I kind of like the idea of is uh, one of Jay Fosgett's earlier uh, comic books, uh, Dead Duck and Zombie Chick. They are going to be doing the radio play of it. Mm-hmm. it but the, the, it is right at the same time as the cover art panel. And I'm not sure. Does it have listed who's doing the cover art panel? No, no there's no, there's nothing listed about who's doing. Okay, what. so the cover art panel, like the options for that panel, well, it's, are it's amazing. So, many. so it's like because Dave Johnson's going to be there, who's done a hundred bullets and a lot of Marvel stuff, Fury and all those books, and just generally a great guy to begin with. And then you have, like, you know, Jay Lee's been doing a lot of covers. John Bolton, whose covers, paintings are amazing. Joe Jusko, who's done a bunch of variant painted covers for Marvel the last little while. And, you know, it's... it's I don't want to miss Jay Foskett's thing, but that panel, that cover art panel is also really good. And hopefully I may be hosting it. I don't know. It, I put in my name for it, but I don't know if I'm getting it. <laughs> um, show up. Yeah. I had somebody do that at a panel I was hosting. Some, somebody showed up in the, the hopes to, to host it because the last panel they had went to, nobody had shown up to host it. So he jumped on and he figured that's just how things worked. Oops. And I'm like, no, uh, uh, this is mine. Uh, I booked it. This is my gig. <laughs> I'll cut you long, hard, and deep. Oh, you know, it's it's not that. It's like, oh, okay. Like the, it was a very friendly conversation, but I'm like, no, well, I'm, I'm here, dude. It's- just just like when I got to host the Captain Connect panel, I found out that the another person was in the audience who, if they knew he was available, I would never have been able to host. Oh, it. really? Huh. Yep. Because it was afterwards, I talked to that guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was there. I saw you host it." And I'm like, "Really? Uh, kind of glad nobody knew you were in the room, or yeah. I wouldn't have been there." Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's it. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. Just make sure you check your uh, your schedules and check the. There's an online app, isn't there, uh, Kevin? There you is. There's an out? there's an app uh, that at least is available for iPhone. Uh, there is an Android. I saw a link on the Facebook. Uh, Fan Expo page, they were posting the link to the Android yeah, you uh, can, copy. You can click on all of the panels and events you want to go to, and you'll get a reminder uh, that, hey, it's time to start heading over to the other side of the room. Now, That's pretty cool. Have they done the app before? Yeah. I want to say they did last year, but I don't know if it worked the same Two as years ago, they had an app, but it wasn't a dedicated app it was to guidebook. convention. It was Guidebook, oh, uh, okay. which I think this is based on, but this is dedicated to uh, Fan Expo. Well, with the amount of conventions that Informa runs now... Like, yeah, they could probably get away with doing their own app. It's part of, the, part of the reason why like it, Kevin's running around a little bit with his chicken, like a chicken with its head cut off, is... He did Boston last week, and yeah. he's got he has Fan Expo next week, and then MegaCon. I think is one of the MegaCons is two weeks after, mm. and he's got like he's planning for three shows right now. So, well, maybe he, you can get passes, and you can do 
You know, you can do panels at a mall. I have made it clear that if just they want to hey. fly me out, I will go anywhere. Hey, Kevin, I'll make life easy on you. You just have me as a dedicated you know, host. Is MegaCon Tampa is the one that's coming up? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, okay, so we've covered panels. There's something else that we were going to talk about. I can't remember. Well, I just saw in the booklet, there's this cool-looking... Uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace display. <laughs> I remember seeing it, images of it from other conventions. Uh, and it's a whole big thing with a life-size Jabba the Hutt and a bunch of the people you would find in his palace. And it's like, I guess, a photo op. Probably be something like the TARDIS one with the Doctor Who Society or the 501st stuff where it's like, you know, five, ten dollars you know, go in and stand in front of it. They'd either take a photo for you or you can take whatever photos you want. I'm assuming... But I want to. I, I, I'll. I'm gonna get my picture taken in it. <laughs> oh, for I did uh, that uh, the speeder bike one in Ham at uh, the Hamilton Con, yeah. and that was fun. Just getting on the speeder bike. So I think I. I that's one thing I think I want to try to do more this year is just take more pictures. I will be involved in you know pictures of, of that I'm actually gonna stop taking all the pictures myself. I hear you. Uh, in things like in the TARDIS or like the one year we sat uh, in the Emperor's throne. In the one five hundred first display, mm. the last one um, I got was two years ago, and it was the life size mystery machine made out of Lego. Oh, nice. Scooby Doo with all the Scooby Doo characters made of Lego all around. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Well, we sat in the well, I sat in the captain's the mega block captain's the chair. chair. This from Star Trek last year. That was a fun one. But uh, that's one thing I want to try to do this year. Get you know. I should also point out for budding artists, there are Marvel and DC are doing portfolio reviews. I saw that year, today and too. And they're doing them all three days. So check your listings, bring your best stuff. Um, Get I am not a professional, but bring sequentials. Don't just bring cover work yeah. or pinups. They, they want to see that you can draw a book. That, that'll get you more work than anything else. If you can draw a book and you can draw it good and quick, that will get you a job. Not guaranteeing that because I don't work for them. <laughs> Please don't sue me. Um, and so, lastly, I kind of wanted to go uh, around the table, and we've all done a lot of conventions mm-hmm. at this point, and Ed's done them all over the place now yep. because you managed to make it part of your work trips. Which oh yeah, awesome. Cal- Calgary, Hamilton, Edmonton. <sighs> Next oh, year, you Hamilton. gotta schedule a trip to Atlanta the same weekend this weekend's in, so you can go to Dragon Con. Well, head of offices in Atlanta, but exactly. I could easily go down. But it's just one of those. Uh, do I want to miss Fan Expo? Have you seen Dragon Con? Well, I've seen clips of Dragon Con. They but... have a parade, dude. <laughs> Last year, they had a guy dressed up as Lord Humongous with a car going down their main street. It's amazing. Well, I've been like looking at the pictures. Um, even if I could, I'd love to be able to go to Edmonton in a couple of weeks. Um, I went out there during work yeah. in two, two, uh, 2015, and I saw some of the announcements, and it's like, man, I wish I could go. But if not, hopefully Edmonton next year. So, um, Kevin, do you got any convention memories? Any any good stories that you remember? <laughs> well, you've got one. Tell it, but, uh, you know... Keep maybe keep names to uh, a minimum with good guessing, unless you can be sure we won't get sued over it. He's dead. Oh, go right ahead then. <laughs> uh, so this was um, just after the Battlestar Galactica reboot uh, in two thousand and four or so, I guess. And I was at uh, a Toronto Trek convention, and we we're sitting in the back of the main con room, 
where they show videos and where most of the panels are. And um, I was just chatting with some friends, um, and I said, I remember specifically saying I was super excited because space was bringing back the original Battlestar Galactica, and they were going to air the original Battlestar Galactica, and I hadn't seen it in years. And then I watched it, and I almost said and realized how big a piece of crap it was when Richard Hatch, Starbuck himself, walked by. Or Apollo. He was Apollo. Apollo. Richard Hatch was Apollo. Yeah. And, and just before I could say how awful I thought that show was, he caught my... Uh, he, uh, he overheard me and said, Hey, thanks, man, for watching our show. And I shut up and didn't say another <laughs> word until that man walked away. And then I laughed and laughed and laughed. He tried to get a reboot for that show or a continuation going for so long yes. before the, yes, the reboot that everybody loves came out. It, you know, it's like you kind of felt bad for him, but at least he got ended up getting a part on that show. Yeah. So that that was one of my celebrity encounters um, uh, at that. Con- I loved that convention. It was smaller than Fan Expo. It was fan run. Yeah. You got to know a lot of people because you'd see them every year. Uh, probably maybe a thousand or two thousand people came uh, at its height and it was a great little little con that was that just felt like family whereas this feels like a corporation i mean and I'm not that there's anything wrong with it fan expo is a great convention it's huge no but, but there's something to be said for conventions of all different sizes yeah and so uh yeah so that was my run-in with mr richard hatch do you got one ryan you got a favorite convention memory of any sort Oh, favorite convention memory? Yeah, memory, um, celebrity run-in, artist run-in. Uh, well, celebrity run-in would probably be when I left the uh, Richard Dean Anderson panel and was coming back up from the downstairs and had to stop at the escalators because somebody was coming through. So they had the security there. They were waiting. And said, oh, yeah. So we just kind of stop, and all of a sudden... The Hulkster comes walking out. Oh, nice. And comes walking. So I'm like going up the escalator, you know, one person between me and the Hulkster or whatever. So I'm just kind of, I had my camera out trying to, you know, get the nonchalant picture of him going up the escalator. And that's probably, you know, the, the surprise run in. Um, I didn't actually run into any celebrities. I think Ange did one time, didn't she? Well, she, uh, my wife literally ran into uh, Carl, Carl Urban. Urban and almost <laughs> knocked him on his ass. And what, and what is your wife's, uh, some commitment or some comment on him? Was she says, he, I bumped he, into him and he smells fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to know what a celebrity smells so. like. Um, I guess my other one would be the time I waited like two hours in line to get my book signed by Dan Slott. Mm. Who I, I guess I was like right near the end of the line. Oh, okay. And uh, like we waited for a long time, and I was just to the point where we, everybody in line was just kind of sitting and waiting on the floor. And I happened to be looking away from the table when he came walking up, and I just kind of like I guess the look on my face was kind of like, oh wait, I know who that is. And he because he looked back at me like, <gasps> like kind of like Shh, don't say anything until he walked by, and then he signed. He it was like a an hour and a half to two hour signing. He was probably there for at least an hour after the signing yeah. time because there, you know, there were guys going up with a stack of books. Like, I had three things I wanted to get signed. Public service but, announcement: Bring three. Yeah, don't bring don't hog books. don't hog the time, man. If you want to bring more, come back the next day with another three. Yeah. 
and you want to bring more than that next day bring a bring a friend in line with you then yeah give them some books even better just bring one yeah pick your favorite yeah no don't be a hoarder my mine is my like three is reasonable after that you start well even i guess it was at niagara um shit what's his name the artist from ultimate spider-man oh mark bagley yeah so he had a thing on, on his table if you autographs were free Unless you wanted them to sign certain key books that everybody else was trying to sell on eBay. Yeah. Or if you wanted to, to sign more than like five. Which I think is fair. Then it was like another $5 a book or, you know, th- you know, or something like that. So, you know, that is, I think that's fine. That's See, perfect. that's the thing. Everyone with Liefeld, they want Liefeld to sign New Mutants 98. Yeah. And he's charging for it. And for and me, well he, he would never in hell ever charge for the book I want him to sign. Which is the X-Men or X-Force, X-Force number two. two. What, what's so special about X-Force? Second, Second appearance, appearance of, of Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. And that book not, is starting to be worth more money. Yeah. Uh, last I saw it, not graded, about 60 70 bucks, I think. Oh. I've seen it at shows. Yeah. I've seen it at shows for 15 bucks when I uh, used to help out with Big B Comics. Pick them up for a quarter, sell them for 5 bucks at the booth. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, um, so that's probably my big celebrity type memories you know we've always had fun at the shows you know, yeah like that's... either you find a good deal on something or just being there and seeing the people and the different displays and like the giant lego statues mm-hmm. and there's always something to there's see something cool and lots of cool stuff yeah ed uh, i got lots of them uh, especially with fan expo we've got a lot of good memories with it like before i got into the whole you know, writing for the website or um, doing the cosplay thing. I remember just going with uh, taking my wife and my son was only like nine months old at the time when we went to Fan Expo. The oh, year, really? The year that the power went out. Oh, okay. So oh, I remember that. And back in those days, like it was tough to find geek t-shirts for a nine-month-old. So my wife, she made uh, she made an Incredible Hulk onesie for, for oh, my cool. son. Um since I got into the whole cosplay thing, uh, probably one of the coolest was 2014 when I did Star-Lord for the first time at Fan Expo. Uh, you were one of the first people I remember seeing with it, too. Yeah, there was... There was a couple, but There like was not a many. few. I kind of jumped at it. I didn't have the quad blasters or anything. I basically just made the helmet and I found the jacket. Um, Kay Pike. Uh, at the time, she's with Canada Cosplay. She was a cosplayer, also a... She's become really well-known now because with she the does body the body painting. paint cosplay. So and that's, that's how she's, like, back in... Back in 2014, she was there as part of Canada Cosplay, basically had a booth. Since then, you know, now she's got, you know, tens of thousands of likes on every post yeah. that she does. Incredible work with her artwork. Um, she was Gamora that day. So we went over, uh, Dr. Stevel and I went over to go and, you know, see her and just get a couple pictures with her. And that turned into people coming up to wanting to get her picture with Kay Pike. And they're like, no, I want Star-Lord as well. Well, yeah, you got both characters there. So it turned out that I I hung out at her booth for an hour. Oh, that's cool. And there was a lot of great, you know, great pictures showed up. If you check out Dr. Stevel's uh, YouTube channel, there's a couple cool videos on there. So 2015, I go to Edmonton Expo and I run into Kay Pike. I thought, you know, it's been a while since I seen her. I thought I'd go over and just say hello. Hi. Yep. And as soon as she looked at me, she says, you look familiar. I was like, well, I met you at Fan Expo. She pulls out her portfolio, flips to the very last page, 
And a friend of mine, Peter, took a Polaroid of us. He's got a little Pentax mm. camera and took a Polaroid shot of us. And she flips to the last page of her portfolio and pulls out the Polaroid. And she says, I still have the picture of us. So I figure, you know, the fact that she's you know, extremely popular, extremely talented, but she was still carrying around a little Polaroid picture of, of me and her. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and pretty much every year at Fan Expo, like as far as a cosplay thing, every year I try to do something different, um, end up getting t- with different groups of people and, you know, you end up having some, some great things. So, yeah, um, I'm mine are, there's a couple one, a couple quick ones. Um, one was, uh, I got, um, this was back in my single days. Uh, I was waiting for a friend and a, uh, from the back, a very attractive woman walked by with a very nice butt and I looked at the butt and I got caught by Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. That'd who be nice. nailed me. Like just turned, <laughs> instantly knew what I had done, looked at me. I went, I, I looked at her, smiled, shrugged, and she laughed. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad about it. Like, yeah, what do you want me to do? It's a nice butt. And like I think I think that was around the time she had done the the Playboy spread. So she had had a kid, and like that was part of the reason she did the Playboy run is like to get back into yeah. shape and feel better about her body and stuff. And you know, that worked. She was a good you looking made woman. Her feel good about her body, uh, I guess. <laughs> Um, not good enough for her to come over and give me a number, but hey. There was this creepy guy at the con staring at my butt. <laughs> so, um, beyond that, uh, it's one that, like, it's, it's one that always sticks out. It's a bit weird. Um, a little bit in the good way, a little bit in the bad way is I, one of the first panels I did for Fan Expo was a Fantastic Four panel. It had Jonathan Hickman on it, who has gone on to huge success with a lot of his books. Um, Steve Epting from uh, best known for his Captain America run, and uh, who works with Brewbreaker on Velvet, which is a brilliant book, and Marco Djurjevic, who had done some covers for uh, FF, which was the the Fantastic Four book that Hickman was writing, and had also done a lot of character design work. And I and I'm trying not to mispronounce his name. It really sounds something like Dirkovic. It was Dirkovic. Dirkovic. Something. Yeah, Marco yeah. Dirkovic. Um. So Marco, uh, his at the time, unbeknownst to me and the panel, his Marvel contract was up, and he did not give a shit about his job at Marvel or ever working there ever again, and wasn't afraid to let loose whatever he had in his head about Marvel. Um, choice quotes included uh, when he was working on Thor that uh, J. Michael Stravinsky's scripts were like toilet paper. Uh, um, there was um, some choice words about how Marvel's pay structure was uh, set up. Um, it was really interesting for me because like um, this is a guy who just didn't care and he was willing to say what he thought was the honest truth. Now, he's also one of those artists, he's kind of, like, he doesn't have a love for American comics. He, he wasn't raised on them, and it was kind of a job. He does, now I believe he does mainly video game design work. Um, but a lot of what he said made sense in some ways. Like, he's, you know, I do designs for a video game, they approve it and go on with it, I get paid. 
if they want it redesigned, they come back and they pay me again because that's another job. Comics don't work like that. And he was he was a little bit on upset about it at the time, and I kind of understand that. Um, it's the fallout from this panel. I didn't think much of it other than like, wow, that was interesting. I get to the convention the next day, and Pete DeCourcy, who was my editor at Comic Book Daily at the time, comes up to me and is like, dude, what happened? I'm like, what do you mean what happened? Your panel last night. I'm like, ah, it was interesting. Why? Is, is, is somebody mad at me? It's like, it's on comic book resources. It's on, like, it, like it, the news from that panel had spread to, like, at least three other, yeah, w- like, mainstream yeah. comic book websites at the time. Newsarama covered it as well. And, like, and throughout the day, I got people who were like, what the hell happened? Because the uh, this is where the negative part is. This is the one and only time where I've been involved in a story where certain facts and things were from the reporter's point of view or skewed to make the story sound better. Um, Comic Book Resources story, in fact, had both me and Hickman chuckling nervously and uh, I believe they described us as scared. And that was not the case whatsoever. <laughs> like, it, like there was a couple things that were like, the, this is completely off. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never experienced that because I'm not a media person. I'm the guy, I'm part of the media in theory, and I'm a low-level part of You're not usually the that. story. You're the person writing yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the one thing that, I, that really pissed me off about all of them is not one of them bothered to, A, talk to me, or B, get my name. Yeah. Because I would have, like, it would have helped Comic Book Daily at the time. Like, nobody even mentioned what site we were from. Well, so. you're the competition. Why would they bother? Yeah. So beyond that, and just a, a personal uh, story uh, is um, I hired um, Jill Thompson to do a commission sketch for when I proposed to Jen. It's a painting of me on my knees with the ring box. So I had done that months earlier because I knew she was going to be in Toronto. And I go to the table, and originally, like, I had scheduled – I had – commissioned black and white sketch i get to the table there's two people in front of me in line jill looks over kind of squints a little bit and like oh recognizes me gets up and she's like okay so i kind of went nuts (laughs) but i'm only going to charge you for the the black and white sketch like okay and she brings it out and it's a fully painted piece and I damn near cried because, <laughs> one, because it was amazing. And she had done it just because she knew what it was for, and it was out of the goodness out of, of her heart. Two, when I thought about it, Liz, I know what her paintings, what commissioning a full-size painting from her costs. I could not have afforded that. <laughs> I could barely afford it now without, ironically, without my wife yelling at me for buying it. Um, but it was, uh, it's one of those things that always sticks out in my head. And Jill, if you're listening to this episode, I know you aren't, but if you ever need me to help you move, <laughs> I will help you move because that was, you, I may not be your friend, but uh, I am your friend. <laughs> See, you may not recognize me as a friend. You need me to hide a body. I'll probably consider doing Cut it. Cut your lawn, water your plants, you know, just call. So we come to the end of the episode, and as with every episode, we have geek picks. So anybody want to go first? 
I'll go first. Okay, you go first, Ryan. So a recently announced guest of Fan Expo is involved in my nerd pick. Uh, my pick is the TV series Chuck. Oh, okay. And they recently announced that Zachary Le- Levy, Levi? Levi will be appearing on uh, Thursday and Friday. So I was like, oh, and it reminded me how much I love that show. And I've got all five seasons on DVD and Blu-ray. So I really need to sit down and watch it again. Because you can't stream it. It's not available on uh, It was Netflix. and it isn't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of those, if you had Hulu. If we could get Hulu. Yeah, because Hulu is NBC, right? Yeah. But uh, really, if you think about it, like, oh, that show celebrated nerddom before it was the thing to do. It was really on the cusp of it. They yeah. had gotten the pulse, and they they rode the wave pretty good after yeah. it. Like you know, they for a while there only stayed on the air because of the support that the fans gave by bombarding Subway to make them become a sponsor. The whole five dollar foot launch. Remember, yeah. the, the, wasn't there a convention where he took a whole panel room full of full of uh, nerds <laughs> and walked them down the street <laughs> to his subway? subway? I want to say, know. I want to say it was a Dragon Con or something. Oh, oh nice, kind of awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's in Thor too, right? Well, yeah, the Thor the second one. He's Fandral. Yeah, yeah, he plays Fandral. In, Do we in know Dark if he's World. in Ragnarok? I don't think so because none of the Warriors Three are in it. Yeah, you haven't heard mention of them at all. No, right? no. and that and Ray Stevenson yeah. is another actor you would have. To yeah, so no, no, none of the Warriors Three. Uh, he's been doing a lot of Broadway lately. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, good for him. Well, then he's got his that other what, his website or Nerd HQ or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I know there was like I said when we were having dinner, he had a like a nerd game show where it would be mm-hmm. like, oh, I saw a that. celebrity and two nerds. And on each team, and then there would be like trivia things, and there's a drinking involved, and yes, it was he was the like drinking with nerds or something. Like, I think I think that's yeah. what I would have to been. look that up. That's yeah, fun. Yeah. Chuck was one of my favorite shows as well. Well, you know, we were both into it at oh, the yeah. same time. It's still, its fifth season just sort of. Uh, it was such a letdown. Yeah, the, yeah. Basically, that's the last season or yeah, the, the that's season the before the last season. season. And no. we can spoil it because it's like seven years ago. But oh, yeah. uh, basically, when Sarah Walker lost her memory and basically Chuck had to start all over again, it was just eh. yeah. The, the, the whole build up to them finally getting together to have a life together, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, now she doesn't remember anything." So it's like. <sighs> But even, was even that a, one of the seasons though where they didn't know they were coming back? Yeah, well, basically after season four, they weren't sure they were going to come back, and yeah. then season five. Um, but even just some of the stuff off the show, like when uh, when Chuck could access stuff in his brain, you know, access different skills and all that kind of. It, it was such a great show. You know? Well, do you remember the, the when they did like the King of Kong type episode yep. where they had the, you know, he played King Kong. To be able to beat it, to be able to save the day, um, and what a whole were, bunch of Rush music. Yes, what, what, what was the? Kong. Sorry, yes, Donkey Kong. What, Donkey. what did I call you it? King well, Kong. well, yeah. you sorry. Well, King of Kong also came around yeah. at yeah. the same time. Well, that's what that's, a, that's a good episode, though. Yeah. Um, the guys, what was their band? The two idiots that he worked with. Oh, I don't know. Jester. Yes, Jester. Jeff and Lester. That's right. No, no, good show. Yep, yeah. good show. I recommend it. If you, Available on DVD at any rate, and probably oh, on Blu-ray. pretty cheap on DVD. You can probably Blu-ray. find a box set of it. Oh, probably. Or you know, if you actually know me, ask you and you can borrow them from me. Next, who's got one? Go ahead. 
I'm I have so many different picks. I've kind of been flip flopping with, with my with picks the, all. Or there. if you can make them quick, go with two. Well, basically, uh, you are a special guest after all. A special <laughs> guest who's been on like three episodes ago. Um, I always said I wasn't much of a podcast guy. Well, guess what? I've kind of become a podcast guy now, especially with being on the road and you never know where you're going to be. Yeah. Uh, so the one that I've you know I did suggest last podcast and left, and I'm still like working my way through all the episodes of it. Mm. But the uh, the other one I'm now hooked on is the uh, uh, Talk is Jericho, the Chris yeah, Jericho podcast. Yeah, it has some good episodes. It, it kind of depends on who he has in some ways. Um, so far, like, there's been a few of them that I've been, you know, oh, I don't know if I like this topic. I don't know if I'm going to get into it. And then you start listening to it, and it's like, oh, that was a good episode. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I recently listened to was Brizango. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, like who would have figured that, you know, I'm going to be all over uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, but that was a really good. Yeah. No, I, like, that was I, a really good entertaining one. The ones I really like are the ones he's done with Eli Roth, where they talk about genres of movies. See, and, one that talked about the 80s sex comedies. See, and I've seen those ones up, but I haven't listened to them yet. Yeah. Um, the 80s sex comedies, and they did one on horror films that was the last one that they did. Well, specifically 80s slasher movies. Well, the funny thing with the one with Brizango and, and you know, Fandango's talking about growing up in Bangor, Maine, which a couple weeks ago... You were in. I was basically in Maine, so he's telling stories about that area, and I was like, well, I kind of know where he's talking. I was only like an hour away from Bangor a couple weeks ago. Um, now that's sort of leading into some of the others on the Jericho network. I listened to the Raven effect, uh, a little yeah. bit, a little bit too nuts for me. Yeah. Um, killing uh, the town's pretty good. Yeah. Actually killing the town. I'm just, I just downloaded a couple of episodes, uh, listening to, uh, Don Cyrus and Lance Storms. So no, uh, give, um, give Chris Jericho a listen. It's, and it's, it's not just wrestling either. Like he has a, it's a lot of music too that he has on yeah. it, and um, sometimes some comedians and like, and some of the, like he had Paul Stanley from kiss. I'm not a big kiss fan by any stretch of the imagination. It was a fascinating episode because Paul Stanley doesn't have the Gene Simmons bullshit factor. Like it, like he, he's very much, he's proud of what he's done, but like he, he's not the, the like you should buy the, Kiss condoms and kiss. He's not shilling everything. Yeah, he's not. It wasn't just like shilling all. Uh, and it also goes into like what music he likes to listen to and what his favorite bands were and stuff like that. Well, so. the uh, Chris Jericho one with Bruno San Martino was great. That one was good too. Just you know, kind of gives you. I kind of like being a wrestling fan my entire life, so I kind of like getting the inside track. Yeah. Which you know, twenty five years ago, you wouldn't have got that. You, no. you know, they would never tell you what happened in the back room, what happened with the boys. So no. it's interesting to see, um, you know, some of the stuff like, the, you know, you listen to the Baron Corbin one and now. And you, that was more personality than he's shown in his entire wrestling run. Which is interesting now because now he's, he seems to be. They've pulled his push. Baron, so. Baron buried. Yeah, buried, buried Corbin. So, so yeah, give uh, Chris Jericho a listen. It's called Talk is Jericho, and it's on Podcast One. I Podcast believe. One and yeah. Apple Podcasts. I guess that means it's my turn. Yeah. Do you know? Do you have one? I've been thinking. So um, I talked about my giant list many, many times. Mm -hmm. uh, I am reaching a milestone in the list uh, this week uh, because the next movie I will watch is Star Wars. 
that's pretty momentous because there's before Star Wars and yep. then after Star Wars. That's Star Wars. We don't get Alien. Right. It is like a prime example. Yeah. Yeah. Close Encounters and, you know, Superman even probably. Yeah. So, to a certain extent. Uh, so... I'm very excited about watching Star Wars this week. Uh, but uh, let's t- just take a brief snapshot of the other sort of movies and t- TV shows, especially from 1977. Uh, I'm smack dab in the middle of Tom Baker, Doctor Who, which has been a fun watch. I, I haven't watched those since I was a kid. Uh, I just finished the first season of Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which holds up remarkably well. For Is that a, the World War II that's season? That's the World War II season. Really fun with Deborah Winger as Wonder Girl. Yep. Uh, Red Buttons as the promoter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there have been some really cheesy movies like Demon Seed uh, that I just watched. But on the whole, 1977 has been a pretty good year. You haven't said one of the biggest movies of 1977. Well, I'm only at, I'm only at March, so. Well, wait till you get till the middle of 1977. Which one's that? Okay, what is, we all know the Star Wars is one of the biggest movies of 1977. Yeah. yeah. What is the second biggest movie of 1977? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I have to flip this table right now. I wasn't born. Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, Smokey oh and that Bandit. doesn't fall on this list. Yeah, though. it won't uh, be on my list. It's not comic book based or genre. Oh. So, yeah. And really? Yeah. And Stupid list. And Smokey and the Bandit, especially with those car chases, all practical. So it yeah. could be done in real life. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, uh, I, I am watching a terrible Batman animated show from 1977 where every episode had Batmite in it. Yeah. So that's not so good. So what's your pick then? Uh, so it's the, year 1977. Oh, it's, it's the year 1977. Oh, it's 1977 is the, oh, is right. my pick. You can pick a whole damn year, but you can't pick Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> it just didn't fall into my criteria. I had to have limits. <laughs> There are no I limits when it comes down to Burt Reynolds, damn it. I only have 15,000 more things to watch. Burt Reynolds. And you can't did. put one more. 15,001. The most important one, Smokey and the Bandit. Burt Reynolds he almost was in Star Wars at one point. He was considered for Han Solo. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cosplay for you. As Burt Reynolds long. as Han Solo. Oh, it's already been done in a Saturday Night Live skit. Norm MacDonald did it amazingly. <laughs> So moon or space station. <laughs> so uh, what kind of car does this guy drive? Yeah. <laughs> so what's your choice, Brent? Um, I, I went back and forth on this all day. Um, why I chose 1977. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, the the one thing I did want to mention um, is uh, in turn in conjunction with Fan Expo. Uh, and as it so happened, my neighbor down the street who uh, just sold their house has very similar eclectic tastes to me. And uh, my pick of the week, because it's sort of a sci-fi-y sort of album, is uh, it's an album by a Toronto-based hardcore punk band called Fucked Up, called David Comes to Life. And it is a hardcore punk rock opera about a guy who works at a light bulb factory and then some, it, along the way realizes he's not a person He's actually part of a story that's being written, and he come, becomes sort of self-realized, and it's all done in hardcore punk, and it is mm. fantastic. It is it, well, calling it a hardcore album is even stretching it; like it, it breaks away from that genre a lot. The vocals are all yelled, 
but you can still make out what um, the the main guy Damian Abraham is singing, and it's just the musically it's really good. It's just it it's not something you would ever expect from a band named Fucked Up. <laughs> that's that's really what I'm getting at. It is like one of those works that. I, I was astonished at how good it is. It won a Polaris Prize, which is a big independent music prize here in Canada. It's it's worth checking out if if you like new and different music and wanting to expand yourself, or if you just want to hear people yelling. Get the new Dead Cross album. It's really good. It's really loud and a lot of screaming on it. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Um, we will be back with probably a couple tales from Fan Expo and a brand new episode in two weeks. So for Kevin, Ryan, and Ed, and Jen, who is currently battling dragons out on the water with a paddle, we will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Like and follow our page. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds, and you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.